Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. <laughs> it's just a wild romp. I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I'm trying to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk you and maybe each other. (laughs) It's backwards. I messed up. It's liking what we like. This week is William Onyabor. My name is Jeff, and I prefer apple cider without spice. That's wrong. My name's Dan, and I use a knee pillow. My name is Jimmy, and after jokingly asking my friend Steph to get me a pack of gum when she was at the store, she actually ended up doing it. She lives in North Carolina and sent it to me in the mail. Oh, I saw this on the socials. That was so friendly. It was yeah. adorbs. Yeah, it was pretty cute. Shout out to Steph. Always doing some cute stuff for me. Aww. <laughs> we both odd at the same time. Jeff, that is such a wrong answer. I know we've talked about this maybe last year in like our Halloween-ish episodes. Yeah. Because you brought it up. But yeah. yeah, I like it sweet and I like it cold. I like it cold or hot, Um, but I have That's to have fine. spiced. Like, like this week, I wanted some apple cider and my grocery store was sold out of the spiced kind. Uh, so they probably I just get... in an order because it sucks. Nobody likes it. Uh, how about this fact, Jeff? Yeah. The shelf was full of regular boring apple cider. They just bought a whole bunch for the people that like it. No. <laughs> I work in grocery. That's how that works. I know how it works. So I anyways, know how demand. So I literally works. have to pour myself a glass of apple cider and then put a little sprinkle of pumpkin spice seasoning, wow. which I actually have in a container. Of course yeah, you, you did. Do. You made us some pancakes with it today. Yeah, pumpkin spice pancakes. Well, I'm going to say no to the pancakes. You're a loser. They were very good. Either of you guys use a knee pillow? Nope. Uh, you mean when you sleep? Yeah. I did when I... No, uh, when I walk around. I don't know what a knee downtown. pillow is. Maybe when you're kneeling, praying to the Lord. No. It means it's one of those like concave shaped pillows that you hold between your knees for when yeah. you sleep on your side. Well, I had... I'd use my couch pillows when I had bad arthritis flare-ups uh, and destroyed them because I use them a lot. Mm. And now my wife has a pregnancy bill- pillow, which uh, it's big enough for two. <laughs> so sometimes is it one of those like u-shaped yeah yeah body it's pillows? called a snoogle yeah. she my sister used to have one it. of those i don't think it's going anywhere post-dating. jimmy are you a back sleeper side sleeper i sleep on my side i mean i would like like a body pillow i think would be nice because like i usually do hold like a pillow like up to me whenever mm-hmm. i'm sleeping but that's yeah, very it's, sad it's super comfortable it's pretty though. sad if yeah. a single man like yeah you want no something it's to not spoon See, i used to think so too <laughs> until the snoogle then i was like i have with this <laughs> I do. Yeah, but you also have a wife. Yeah, I'm a snuggler. Yeah, but sometimes I don't want to crush her torso with my knee weight. <laughs> this is cool. This is cool. Dan, do we have any emails, tweets, reviews, etc.? We did get a very nice tweet Good. from new she friend of the show it. on Twitter. Uh, his handle is Feelsabub. He tweeted He's at us. He's that bub. Yeah. He said, on a whim last night, I found Talk Me Into and am now working my way through their backlog. I don't think I've so quickly identified with the hosts of a podcast as I have with this one. Friends trying to talk friends into new fun stuff? Count me in. Glad to have you as a listener. Thank you. That's Appreciate fun. Appreciate it. Yeah. We also just launched our Instagram page because we're late to the game. 
It's talk me into pod on Instagram. And uh, we've heard some feedback from several people that uh, they like a topic we posted about. They listen to us. A lot of feedback from the Frank Turner episode, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, people really dig him, which they should. You should go <laughs> listen to our episode and the playlist and every Frank Turner song that he ever wrote. We also got another tweet. I just remembered. We have Ooh. a tweet from at bald bearded, all at bald bearded bard. <laughs> hey, y'all. I just found this podcast and really dig this idea. A group of friends try to talk each other into liking things that they like. I am as I type this is being talked into Frank Turner. Yeah, Check boy. It out. You sure are. Yeah. Appreciate that tweet. Tweet at us. So you guys should always follow us on socials, contact us, tweet, email, review. Talk me into at gmail.com. Yeah. We're going to read it and you're going to get famous. I actually found that because uh, Ian retweeted it. He didn't even like tweet it at us or whatever, oh. but Ian randomly found it on Twitter and yeah. it was like, hey, I like those guys. Yeah, those what are sweetie. Yeah. We're those guys. Appreciate it. We're those guys, guys. We them boys. <laughs> oh shit, what up? Every week on the show, we're blasting away and talking about what we're talking each other wow. into. This is just a little thing that we're uh, doing out for the week. We're doing, doing it out. Doing it out do for it the out. week. The um, entire week yeah. is getting done out. So this is a... I wish we I had this idea for when we were doing our Haunt Me Into episode, Ooh, but spooky. we're a little bit uh, little late to that one. But it's a new video game that I just found out called Phasmophobia. What, is that when you're afraid of Phasmas? Captain, Captain Phasma? Phasma? Yeah. You hate that when it was Gwendolyn revealed Christie. she had a woman's eye. You were like, damn it, I thought it was a man this whole time. Yes. Where's the booby breastplate? Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, no, this is a game that's basically about like ghost hunting, which is really interesting. It's a collaborative game, so you got to play with other people. Uh, but uh, if you're playing with friends, it's, it's like very fun. Toy. But um, you're you're uh, going into these haunted houses and mm -hmm. you have to you have to identify what kind of ghost it is. And yes, there are apparitions that you can see and it's very creepy. And um, you have like a dude out in the car, like watching like activity and got camera set up and stuff. So um, haunted houses are my favorite. <laughs> cool. I'm going to take a wild guess and say that's what's his name from Richard Howard Stern. Richard. Yeah. Yep. Um, I knew that. See, thank you guys. Appreciate yes. you talking to me that in into that um but yeah it's a great game and really enjoying it at first i was like eh, i don't know it's kind of janky but like as you're actually playing it, it's really fun and really creepy and uh very scary i'm mostly playing the guy in the car because i don't want to be in the haunted house <laughs> that's like my life <laughs> yeah. yeah just like i don't want to get out of the car i'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit here my break's over but i'm just gonna sit here another 20 minutes because i don't feel like standing up i help them set up the equipment and then i'm like all right see you later have fun <laughs> Big gulps, huh? <laughs> See, right. you later. See you later. But uh, no, it's funny because like you can get killed and stuff too. And then like once Fun. you're killed, once you're killed, you like get into the um like dead realm or whatever, and you can see other play players playing and stuff. It's funny. Cool. It's a good game. I really enjoy it. I highly recommend it. I'm scared of scary games. Yeah, I am too. That's why I'm playing the guy in the car. <laughs> Dan, what are you talking yourself into? I'm talking myself into an unlikely comic book, something that oh I boy. probably wouldn't normally read, but I'm actually really enjoying. Do you Can love me guess? some comics? Oh, what's that? Can we guess? Sure. You won't guess, but my little pony. Nope. Ooh, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a Superman miniseries, which doesn't seem that strange. Brainiac Legion of Superheroes. Nope. Brian Michael Bendis. <clears throat> Shut up. Um, it's a Superman miniseries that is geared towards children. It's an all ages comic. Crypto, okay. the super dog. Nope. Uh, stop guessing. Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> the reason why I like it is because even though it is like 
for all ages. The topic is pretty interesting. It is a three issue series called Superman Smashes the Clan. <laughs> oh, I heard about this. So uh, that's awesome. It's actually based yeah. on one of the original Superman radio productions. Um, and it holds, I haven't heard it, but it seems like it holds pretty true to the original uh, topic. I think I've heard of this. It's like a year old, maybe. Yep. Came out in 2019. See, I know. It's, uh, it's, can Jeff please shut up? Please. (laughs) It's, uh, three issues, but they're like these maxi series. Like, you know, those thicker ones with, with actual like square binding. Uh, the format is weird. It's sort of, uh, reminiscent of like manga. It's like a smaller, Mm, like a digest size. Yes. Mm. Thank you. Um, it's written by a written and drawn by a Chinese American artist. And, uh, the storyline is a group of a family of Chinese descent has moved from Chinatown, which apparently Metropolis has, to a more like suburban, affluent, white centric area of Metropolis. And they're experiencing some pushback from a fictional version of the Ku Klux Klan known as the Clan of the Fiery Cross. Okay. Which because it's not very fictional. Uh, yeah. Well, apparently <laughs> in like. Um, the 1940s when this came out, uh, I don't know. They didn't want to upset the real Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of media doesn't now. Yeah. Like, you know, the the president doesn't want to upset him. But it's really interesting. Um, it does one of my favorite things for a Superman comic to do, which is to not have Superman be the main character. So it's told from the perspective of the two children of the family, Roberta and Tommy Lee. That's cool. I like when, when books do that. They yeah. Are, Looking from the perspective of like the minor characters, yeah. So my so, parents' name. Am I the son here? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm about like halfway through the last issue now, and it's starting to get a little bit more into Superman. It's it's sort of concurrently taking place. It is a period piece, so it is set in the 1940s, mm. and it's um, right at the time when Superman starts developing his additional powers. Yeah, which I don't know how familiar you guys familiar you guys are with the uh, Superman like ethos, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original comic, he basically was super strong and super fast and could leap really far. That was it. Yeah, he was basically super kangaroo. Yeah. Jumping around everywhere. Sure, Jim, that's, that's one way to put kangaroo. it. Uh, but the Boxing radio show, the radio show is what gave him flight, uh, yep. heat vision, x-ray vision, cold breath. And uh, so they've decided to come up with like an in-universe explanation for that, which in reality, there wasn't one. It was just that during the radio program, they would just, when things, when ratings started to slip, they'd give him a new power. <laughs> uh, but in story, uh, he basically has discovered further communication from his Kryptonian parents. And um, it links up really nicely with the a storyline of about feeling like an other and an outsider and says that Superman basically had all his powers all along, but subconsciously concealed them because you can explain that someone is faster than a normal person mm-hmm. or stronger than a normal person or could jump farther than a normal person. But, to be able to see through walls and, you know, fly. Yeah. And breathe ice is uh, less relatable. So Superman concealed that about himself. And so it's really well done. It's a mm. little kiddish. Like I'm going to let my niece borrow it. She's eight. I don't think anything is too yeah. bad for her, but it del- delves really nicely into ideas of exception of acceptance um, and just race relations and things like that. Cultural uh, appreciation so yeah i think it's really well done i encourage you guys to check it out dig it jeff what are you talking yourself into oh this one sucks 
I'm forced. My hand was moved and I have to talk myself into this. It's not even something that I have to try and stop. <laughs> I have to be talked into using an electric stove and it uh, is bullshit. Yeah. And I same. hate it and it sucks. Yeah, it does. Suck. And I just moved and people who don't have gas stoves who have never worked with them. How have you made it this far in your lives? Yeah, you without, don't know what you're missing. Yeah, I would have just starved to death. I would have been like, what? I have to. And it's not even like electric coils. It's what's that? Uh, not convection. It's like a glass top. Hot yeah, surface. They call oh, it. awful. Yeah. I tried to saute some onions and peppers and took forever. And then once they, it does get hot, it's like burning everything. Yeah, yeah, but it also this one is supposed to like turn off when it's too hot. So it's supposed to maintain the heat level that you set. But it doesn't because I was like, these onions and peppers have been on the stove for quite some time. They look done. Maybe they're done. They weren't tender <laughs> enough. It was wait uh, until you have to boil a large pot of water. Already did. Oh, we, made, so we made a uh, porterhouse steak and my wife made mashed potatoes. And that's a bingo square for all of you playing at home. Um, and <laughs> so it took much. forever to boil the water. And the steak was like. It was fine because you only cook it for a few minutes, but I had to broil it at the end. And I was like, oh, this will probably take forever to broil because it's like a coil and not fire. No, it was way too much. Like mm. it came up medium well instead of medium rare. And I was like, yo, sorry, Jim, in advance, <laughs> but like Fuck these stoves, dude. Like if why has society allowed this? You should, I understand the need for electric stoves. If you're in like the middle of nowhere and maybe there's not easy access to natural gas, but like. I live in a pretty populated area. There's natural gas. Maybe the house next door has natural gas. Why can't I have it? Yeah. Why can't I have it? I miss a gas Governor yeah, sucks. Nedward Lamont. <laughs> Nedward. <laughs> it sucks, dude. It sucks so bad. I don't even want to yeah. cook. I've lived there two and a half weeks. I've cooked once, and I'm just like, I have no desire to cook anymore. <laughs> At first, I was like, you cooked once, so you've been eating out this entire time, but now you're-, you're You should go to like cooking. Walmart and get one of those little single burner propane camp stoves. I might have to. <laughs> so you could just have like one flame. Well, I have a porch now, so I might just have to get a grill and do all my cooking every single time. The, the good news is right now, grills are probably pretty affordable. The bad news is you'll probably only be able to use it for a few weeks. No, if I get one, it's being used every time. I'm never, I hate the electric stove so much. And the oven just sucks. Everything sucks about it. And even the glass surface, the pans just slip. Yeah. You go to stir something, the pan's like, nope, I'm on this burnt, this other <laughs> burner now. I'm seven feet away from where you need to be. It's terrible. I hate it. William Onyevor, which is how I pronounce his name for the last several years. I've heard Jimmy Fallon say Onyabar. I've heard other people say Onyabor. I don't know, but he's a guy who is from Nigeria. He recently passed the last couple of years, so he's no longer with us, unfortunately. But now, why are you talking to him? I, to I him? hope he's in heaven smiling down on us now because he's brought joy to many people. <laughs> um, he he is a musician from Nigeria who, uh, in, it's, it's a really weird story, and I don't want to get too much into it now because I'm going to give you guys a 30-minute YouTube video that tells the entire story of him, okay. and then a playlist. It's not super long because he doesn't have a huge catalog, but he was uh, an artist who is really uh ahead of the afro funk kind of thing that's sort of pop pretty popular in world music mm. that later became popular from like uh i think fella cootie is probably the most well-known artist there was a broadway show about him but he was 
not known anywhere but Nigeria in like the super specific area in like the late 70s. Mm. Uh, and he utilized the Moog synthesizer Ooh. early on when it wasn't huge. Like it was around. Not many people were using it. Um, it was more of a novelty. But he really brought that into the forefront of uh, the music that he made. And he was kind of a, uh, like this hidden secret until the 90s when some people started finding his records. And like this video, a uh, guy in London found his record in a shop in the 90s. And then in probably the late 2000s, early 2010s, this uh, world music record label, Luwaka Bop, I think based in New York City, uh, released an album of his uh, or might have been a compilation. I'm not sure exactly what it was. It was called Who Is William Onyebor? Mm. And it became this kind of cult thing, which is how I found out about it. Um, maybe 2012, 2013. It became this like hipster grail kind of thing. <laughs> like um, I know our record shop, Red Skull Records, had it. I got a copy of um, a couple of years later, a Record Store Day release. Like a week after Record Store Day, nobody picked this up. It was $18, two discs. It was a bunch of remixes and alternate versions of his songs by current artists, um, alternate versions by him. Um, so there's maybe uh, maybe 30 songs worth of his music that's accept, uh, accessible. So there's not a whole lot, but it's really fun, funky, dancey, good time, good vibes music. And we'll get a lot more into it um, next time we record because I don't want to get mm -hmm. I want you guys to watch the video to really talk about him. But have you guys heard of him? Any of his music? No, nope. I have never heard of him. Mm, I've been I've been bopping along to him for a while. I mean, I'm interested because. I used to F with Afro pop worldwide on NPR. Yeah, totally. It's the same kind of music. Yeah, yeah I still mm. listen to that. And I, I like the Afro pop and world influences that you hear in bands like Talking Heads right. and Givers yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested by it. I, I've literally never heard the name until you brought it up, mm. though. Yeah, same. Cool. <laughs> well, yeah, the music's good, but also the story's really interesting. And uh, we'll get into it more. Yeah, that's what I'm actually most interested in. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for the music, but if you didn't know, Jimmy doesn't like music. He acts. It's okay. Yeah. Music. I mean, like, yeah. I love when you meet someone new and, and they're like, "Hey, do you like music?" And I'm like, "Who says no to that?" <laughs> that's Donald true. Trump. I don't think he likes. Music. That's, that's probably true. true. Yeah. He yeah. seems like a guy who doesn't like music. That's horrible. How long is this going to go on? For as long as the song, 12 minutes. <laughs> it sounds so William bad. William Onyebor is yeah. what I had you guys listen to. And yeah. I guess we'll start out with the uh, the little video. We're not yeah. going to review the video. That's not what this is about. No. This is, this is just to give you context of who the man was right. and why his music is important. Did you intend for us to watch the video first? Because I didn't. Yes. I listened and, to the music And first. I did tell you. I don't think it matters. No. But I think that grand, the big picture... Uh, let's just talk about uh, who he was. Mm -hmm. Who yeah. is William Onyebor? That's a good question because we didn't find out a whole lot about him in this video. No, but I think we found out enough. I know that he's a fantastic man. He is. And he thinks he's he the is. He's fantastic man. Yeah. <laughs> he's basically uh, a guy who came up in the Afro 
soul pop era of the like mid 60s mm-hmm. yeah. in Nigeria. And the video really does put everything into context, like the civil wars that were going on, the yeah. globalization, yeah. Uh, you know, their uh, British the, occupancy. Well, ended. Or, yeah. And uh, uh, they were sort of rife with money for the first time because of like oil. And so there was this burgeoning like rock and soul and pop scene. Uh, Onyabar kind of separated himself from that with his use of like electronic instruments, which I found pretty interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like how the video started off with like people just sort of discovering him for the first time mm. in like the, I don't know, early 2000s or whatever. Yeah. But, 90s, 2000s. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it was pretty funny. It, it just seems incredibly hipster. And, yeah, um, it super is. And yeah, right. that's what I, I mean. That's why I like him, because it became a hipster thing. And that's how I right. heard about him. Yeah, um, there is like some cool. I don't know. There's sort of this uh, like almost a like a true crime podcast vibe of like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, discovering yeah. someone who like there's no evidence of on the Internet. Like right. you, people to find out about him, you have to like fly to Nigeria and yeah. talk to a guy in a shack selling records. Yeah. Who's like, oh, you want his number? Yeah, I have his number. <laughs> yeah. I see him around town sometimes. And he's like a mysterious figure. Yeah, there's, there's sort of like people debate like, oh, where did he get his electronic you know his synthesizers and how did he afford yeah, his because, studio because the and, thing is like in nigeria it's almost impossible at that time to get that technology it was expensive right, as it, it had is to be imported it, yeah how did he get it so he was like the only dude there who had the ability to make the sounds he made yeah. so with with the fusion of like james brown and mm. classic uh nigerian sorry did you say james music- brown like James, James Brown, James Brown, and oh, okay, yeah, sorry, James Brown is pants. James Brown, oh, Jimmy, you did, um, yeah. So it's just really cool because as this fusion was happening, he was taking it further and sometimes ahead of his, uh, you know, American or British counterparts. Right, that's what I really liked about that is that he was sort of in his own little bubble, but he was making the exact same. Yeah, music it was like parallel was thinking. Side. Mm. Yeah, it was really cool. Like just yeah, how the it comparisons worked. to craft work were interesting. I didn't really mm. think about that um, when I listened to the music, but in hindsight, I was like, that is kind of like an Afro pop craft work, which is weird. Yeah. Um, you guys want to get into the music? Yeah. Itself? And, I mean, well, I wanted to talk about a little bit about how apparently he's an asshole and tried to. Uh, <laughs> That's part of the myth. Somebody. Yeah. yeah. So like, did it happen? Didn't it? Right. Who he knows? also briefly appears at the end of the doc which was yeah, really touching really weird <laughs> especially now because he's like dead because you think yeah. he's a dick the whole time and then yeah. he's just like smiling and waving and he let the guy like take a picture of all this stuff to me that it feels cool. like he may have like had some shady dealings to be able to afford because because not only did he we talked about the synthesizers yeah but he was also recording himself yeah and he had a vinyl pressing plant where he actually pressed his own records yeah uh so he had he had money there was yeah there's something there but now i feel like people want to make a big mystery out of his disappearance when it's pretty clear he converted to Christianity and didn't want to make secular music anymore. Yeah. Mm. Which is not a huge mystery. No, but. but I mean, until you find that out. And then even like his reluctance to be in this documentary is pretty straightforward with pe- people who are like super devout like that. He did not want to glorify himself. He only wanted to glorify God. So yeah, he was just like, sense. I'm not going to talk about my secular music. Yeah. Which you get into in his music, too, because he has a lot of those themes, but there's also some vanity stuff in there as well. Yeah, I do love they showed some like cover albums or uh, 
artwork our cover art so good yeah it's and they're good. amazing it's like, like the I greatest love, album covers yeah i love just the cowboy hat he's just yeah. surrounded by synthesizers smiling with, with like nine microphones <laughs> in front of his face yeah and then the other one atomic bomb is just like him like looking cool with a huge yeah. font atomic bomb over yeah all amazing. right who wants to start getting into the music body Me, daddy and soul body and soul done take it away um so this one uh was an interesting choice to put first because i think it's possibly his best song that's kind of why i did it because it was yep. the first song that yeah. i really knew and it's my favorite i would say the first two songs on this playlist are his best songs um body and soul is is funky and synth heavy mm-hmm. um it has sort of this over compressed sound which uh is indicative to me of like pop music of the early to mid 70s mm-hmm. um the drums are super like flat and like and i guess that's because they're electronic and yeah and they're better compared to other songs in here yeah they are um i think that the re- the the documentary hits on his use of repetition Very, as like a yeah, motif because like this song is 10 minutes long yeah and it's incredibly repetitive it's probably like an eight bar loop which just goes like hundreds of times <laughs> right um the actual like rhythm that it's in um harkens back to me to like older soul which you could see like the james brown inspiration mm-hmm. i think of like stacks like those soul records before it started to get like super funky and disco-y yeah but it it is with the use of synth and just the sound of the guitar it sounds more like disco to me than early r&b yeah it definitely. does but i think the actual rhythm oh yeah right. for sure and like what he's basing those synth riffs on even the, accent, like the synth song. accents in the background mm. like and his little like on the drum that's thing. soul af yeah, yeah. that's and, what uh, i like about it though is that it's like a fusion of the two yeah i think it has a good groove but for me it's it's too long and i i have this problem with a lot of his stuff that's why i did make this playlist shorter because the songs yeah. are long and like i told you guys in text like if you don't like these songs you're not gonna like the rest yeah um right but like yeah I, I like how long they are because it's good music to drive to to clean yeah. to to just I like you having to say all this well yeah because like it's true though but also if you just want to like dance just put it <laughs> that's, on. that's very like, there's true. so many uses for this music i will say an overall thought i guess i might as well just get out get out right here is that all of these songs are very good to do like all the things that you were just talking yeah. about um it's uh every time that i put it on i kept on forgetting to take notes i was like oh i'm just listening to the music yeah I feel like um, when we talk about music on this podcast, it tends to fall into one of two categories, (laughs) which is like super deep and meaningful or not meaningful and fun and dancing. Well, this so moving forward with him, like this song is just all about good times and good vibes. And like the lyrics are just like super, super simple dance. But like later on, we'll get to songs that seem simple but they do have a much heavier message right. than just let's have fun like why go to war and yeah. heaven and hell atomic bomb atomic bomb i'm going to explode <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is definitely a more subdued vibe and uh it's got a real catchy hook yeah it does uh that's what i like about the song like you said it does it is pretty catchy um it's got the chorus that goes out throughout probably 20 times throughout the song and yeah um it has like sort of a weird country vibe to me 
Um, mm. I can there's, see that. There's a piano or a keyboard sound that's more natural. Like yeah, more, yeah, it is. Um, and it's like riffing on. There's it. also like the quote unquote guitar sound is a little like twangier. Mm-hmm. Um, I also thought the bass was very prominent at, uh, in this song too, which I assumed why Jeff was really into it. Yeah, yeah, it almost has like a slightly like reggaeton vibe. Um, it's kind of a weird tempo for me for a dance song. It feels a little like on the slow side. Yeah, no, this one definitely is slower. Mm-hmm. Um, and like vocally, it's got that classic African call and response, like yeah. the background vocals. I really like that. And it's yeah. like Jimmy said, it's a, or even like you just mentioned, it reminds you of country mm. fused with yeah the music of his region. Right. I uh, I will say like. It's interesting to look at the lyrics on this playlist because yeah, I mean, this, obviously this one is English. He's he's using an English dialect or like a form of English that feels broken to our Western ears, mm-hmm. like the the way he's conjugating words and putting yeah. words together and stuff. Right. Uh, obviously, you can tell what he's getting at, but um, it's sort of like in a non shitty way is like super meme worthy to me. All I kept thinking back to was like that video of um uh, that like went viral like ten years ago of the Russian guy. Yeah, but it's sort of like that vibe where it's so regional and specific that it like just makes you smile. Yeah. Because it's like so alien. And plus to us. it's in music that's like actually good and funky. So like I just wrote down like one set of lyrics that I loved was the way I feel in me. I'm going to explode like atomic bomb. Yeah. <laughs> And like, but that, like, when you step back, you don't really know what he's talking about. Is he talking about lust? Is he going to explode? Is it like anger, anger, pain, anxiety? Like, it's so it's so vague. It's it really is. And I don't think it matters. I think that if you're feeling any of these feelings, you can relate to it. Mm -hmm. I I do got to say, sometimes we'll have people walking behind us. It almost feels like we're uh, like an NBC studios (laughs) in uh, New York City. Just us recording and people physically walking by the studio. Good morning, Southern New England. (laughs) Yeah. Jimmy, you you talked recently about wanting to do a live show. This I know is this is kind of it. Yeah, this lady just walked by in like a blue Adidas tracksuit. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, better change your mind is the third song, and the drums are very obviously produced from the Moog. Yeah, this is yeah. uh things start to get super electronic like yeah at this point and i didn't really put this in a chronological order either no so some of these feel like he was trying to make them sound like live instruments and some of them feel like he was embracing the sound of the electronic instruments i gotta say this song and probably all these songs feel like quentin tarantino's wet dream (laughs) (laughs) like every single song in here could easily be in a tarantino movie like black exploitation right yeah the keyboards in this go a little too far to me. <laughs> All I could think of now, this is super specific, but mm-hmm. I'm going to take you back to the time to a time in the late '90s. You're back you're a young young teenager, or in Jimmy's case, not Three. born. <laughs> uh, you're wandering through a Radio Shack looking for a, a cable to connect your laserdisc player to your TV. Okay, yeah. and there's a kid in a different aisle fooling around with a Casio keyboard that he obviously isn't going to buy, but he's just like changing every time. He's like, doink, 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 doink. Right, yeah. I still do that. Yeah, that's that's what this song sounds like dewey, to me. Dewey. Dewey. Uh, it's a seven-minute song that basically says one sentence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no one owns the world but God, which is cool. Yeah, it's it's showing his uh his belief in God. I thought it was good. It was... I like his... Uh, he does like something a little bit different with his vocals in the chorus. He goes like really deep oh no yeah yeah which was kind of cool change yeah. your mind 
<laughs> yeah, I like this song a lot. Um, this was a song that was played through a lot during the video. Yep. Um, but yeah, this song I think is probably one of my favorites. I think it's it's funky. I like the synth sounds. I like the beats. I like the sangs. I think he hits like sort of a nice groove in the middle of the song where he does this little like solo on like the the moog on like that sauce setting where it's like that was my impression. <laughs> Do you guys um, know anything about moog synthesizers? The early yeah, ones, yep. vaguely. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not a, I'm not like a historian, but I'm aware. Do you know that they basically had like three different independent sounds, and yeah. then you could sort of mess with them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So when I say saw, that doesn't sound like I'm talking about the film saw. No, it's like the yeah. No, I <laughs> it's that like gritty like right. Yeah, like the, the sound of the head. It's yeah. Very choppy. Thank you. Why go to war? This is like trippy disco shit with a bold political statement. Yeah, and it like a little bit. It still rings true today because like. All right, so one lyric I wrote down. You just want another guy to stop a bullet for you, but you'll never, never want to stop a bullet for another guy. This is so fucking sorry, Jim. American right now. Like these, the, no, no, seriously, you guys are kind of rolling your eyes right now, but like the, the, the Republicans who praise our troops but refuse to wear a mask in public. Like this is it. This is the lack of empathy, the no empathy for right. other humans right now. And it's relatable and it transcends like every border. And it just made me mad listening to it. Yeah, I think you're reading a little bit too deep into it. I mean, this guy, obviously, he tackles some political and sociological yeah. uh, topics, but he's barely scratching the surface. No, He's not no, saying but, anything. No, I know. Profound. But, like, but that's what I'm saying, because I mean, like he grew up in the midst of war. Yeah, I mean, I have to admit that some of his more um, like earnest songs like this one remind me of that SNL sketch about the generic punk band that's saying things like, yeah, dude, politicians suck. Like Rocky. <laughs> Super generic things like that. Yeah, but like that's what we grew up doing. And I, yeah, but he's a grown <laughs> man. Like I, I personally like not to get spoilerish, but I really much more prefer his like just groovy over the top atomic bomb. No, me too. Me too. But man. I still do like this. That's why I threw it in here. Fantastic to, man. I mean, not to shape a man. Perfect yeah, this song man. I I like the uh, just as a song. I like the guitar strumming a lot. It really felt funky. Um, and I like the sentiment too. But yeah, it didn't really hook me like so, the other songs did. So I started listening before I watched the documentary, and um, at this point, my first listen through you know a couple tracks in i still thought that some of these recordings was live instruments and i i thought that maybe he had a live guitarist or he was performing live guitar and i wrote down i would kill myself if i was his guitarist because (laughs) every song is basically two guitar notes played over and over again Yeah. yeah and then i realized oh he's just programming that and it's looping on a keyboard probably yeah fantastic man Jimmy, this one's funky. It's upbeat and funky. It's definitely the grooviest I think of out of every other song. Um, and I really dug the uh, the dueling synthesizers. Like yeah, there yeah. one point where like two synths were going at the same time. I thought that was and really like he cool. uses the Moog or whatever brand it was to create like new sounds. There was one that was almost kazoo like, <laughs> and mm-hmm. it took the place of where like a horn section would be. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one feels like um sort of a step forward in his sound uh it feels a little bit more pop and traditional disco there's a a clear delineation between verse and chorus which a lot of his songs don't have um there's as jeff talked about there's 
more of a sound variance in the quote unquote instrumentation or Mm -hmm. like the register that his riffs fall in. So you can definitely hear it doesn't just sound like three Moog synthesizers. Right. Yeah. yeah, He's definitely like creating soundscapes. Um, Yeah. And I thought. um, Which is refreshing in this kind of music, too. Yeah. Because it could just be like really repetitive. Right. And the lyrics are, again, sort of dumb and fun. But I appreciate this like braggadocia that you hear in a lot of like later soul and disco music. Right. Where it's just like about how badass you are. Yeah. yeah, And honestly, this guy probably was a badass at that time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he was uh, possibly chasing people off with guns. I mean, just because of. And did um, you see like his recording studio and his house? Yeah. They're pretty ball. And his his house was amazing. Well, yeah. And especially because he wears like a cowboy hat. I just picture him like the old West. Yeah. Yeah. And just like pistol whipping bitches. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I thought that was cool. I love his cowboy hat. So good. Heaven and hell. If you treat me good, I'll tell God to send you to heaven. And if you treat me bad, like you treated Jesus, yeah, I'll tell him to send you right to hell. I literally read the lyrics to this song it's so and, great. I, and I laughed out it's loud. It's so funny because it's, it's like, it's nice, but it's also super mean. I know. It's like, yeah, it's definitely like reminiscent of what I know about like Puritans. <laughs> no, um, like colonized Christians, meaning like people who were converted to christianity right, by like right. um white people you can say yeah but I, what's the terminology missions missionaries. Yeah, missionaries so like you see this in a lot of like it's caribbean cultures and stuff it, it's good good position oh yeah. uh it's uh you see this in a lot of like caribbean west indian african cultures that were like culturally had no connection to christianity and then were converted to christianity yep. they, they take like christian mythology and christian imagery and apply it to like things that actually like are part of their cultural relevance so he's like talking about heaven and hell as these ideals but they're also very like earthly to me like he's he's not saying that they're like celestial and they happen like after you die he's just like saying well, because like, i think it's implied yeah, but what I'm saying is he's using it as just like a form of punishment and reward. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like this idea of... Um, Which a lot of people who are religious, that's why they are, because they want to be rewarded and not punished. And it's a big part of conversion. Yeah, so right. that's true, yeah. He's like, hey, if you're bad, you're going to hell, and that's my revenge on you, and revenge is not a very Christian thing. Well, I mean, it's not supposed to be, Yeah, it's been used that way. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's like dark and... I don't. It's just so. I also so like great. that it's four minutes long, which is much more manageable right. yeah, to me. Because like the next song's thirteen minutes, and this one, <laughs> yeah, this one is not. And it's funny because I didn't know if you put these in chronological order. No, so I when didn't. I heard this, I was like, "Oh, cool! He's gonna write more pop songs." Next track, thirteen minutes. Yeah, I just kind of <laughs> put it like, however, I was just like feeling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when the going is smooth and good. So this one, honestly, I've heard this one before, but I put it on here because it was in that video. So this isn't one that I'm like personally close to, mm. and mm. it definitely has the absolute worst drum machine. Yep. Uh, it's it's really bad, but it's so charming. It's like video game music. Right. Yeah. It's it's, <laughs> it's very similar to uh, I wrote down like it's like eight bit chip tune. Yep. Um, I, I wrote um, this is the background music for the bootleg mario brothers that came out in africa (laughs) yeah kind of that you would like buy in an outdoor market right um i do see the correlation like okay when i listened to it i was like yo this is not for me this is super repetitive uh it doesn't grow or go anywhere and it's 13 minutes long but then when i heard the um, chorus chanting 
Uh, no, when I heard in the documentary that the guy was like, this record was like weirdly big in like the underground like house DJ yeah, collection. Yeah. I was like, I get that. Because right. if you're looking for like something to yeah. put between like traditional house tracks, yeah. this has a lot of those elements without sounding like <laughs> the system. Yeah, I mean, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> it's got yeah. that like trance-like repetition. Right, yeah. Where it's like, if you're on Molly and you hear this beat, <laughs> By minute 11, you're in another universe. But then, like I just you're mentioned, you have right. that chorus just chanting higher. Mm-hmm. I would love to I hear love like that. a dubstep version of this or something. It'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I think the lyrics are a lot of fun and the vocal melody is good. Yeah, it's 13 minutes long, but I F with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the, it's it's hard, not the best it's, um, it's hard for what we're doing to like listen diligently and take notes on a 13-minute right, yeah. song. Right. But uh, yeah. yeah, I get that. Uh, then good we get, name. Yeah, good name. The song rips, boys. No, I didn't no? like this one. Yeah, this oh, one didn't really hook okay. me. Well, I guess I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> I like the keyboard solo. It was very weird. Yeah, nobody, right. Nobody, I, like, nobody, I, nobody, I literally nobody, wrote nobody. down the exact same thing. I like, I like the uh, synth solo. But it's super catchy. To though. me, I think it's catchy. This is as far into digital music as I'm willing to foray. Maybe too far. <laughs> I'm not like a house EDM guy, and to me, this like has zero soul. This feels like programmed music. Hmm, I see musically yes but I think that he does enough with the vocals to change that I don't know what do you think Jim I thought it was okay like it, it just didn't really hook me um but the vocals didn't stand out enough for me to even yeah. be like memorable oh man so, I gotta find some sort of like digital music guy to talk Dan into because it says it has no soul and it's programmed music I like, mean you arguably tried to talk us into um that's like the least digital sounding yeah Daft what Punk is it? Album Daft too. Punk yeah and I was not feeling that yeah I gotta find something good so the last two I, I put on for fun yeah, I have some questions. Uh, yeah, so these. these two were off of uh, that album I mentioned in the first half I got from Record Store Day called mm. What? <laughs> and it's just a series of different remixes. That's what I thought. So I this one remember. is Atomic Bomb versus Hot Chip. Hot Chip is a band. They've actually did a pretty interesting cover of Dancing in the Dark. Um, oh. So was any of this William Onyabar or was it just a cover? So Hot Chip, I believe it was mostly a cover. It sounded but the, like they sampled it. There's a little bit of sampling in there, but it's it's pretty. The, the Body and Soul one is like a legit remix where yeah. it's mostly sampling. But this one is just like a cover. But I kind of I put this one in here, even though it's not mostly uh, William Onyabar, because it it, it kind of shows like where he where his music started True. and then like inspired or like yeah. the genre evolved. Right. And I think that this version is better than the original. It's super chill. It sounds great. <laughs> I love it. Like I physically have this record, so I listen to it all the time, but yeah. also just on playlists. Like I have this on several different playlists for different moods mm. or whatever. And it's just so chill. Yeah. I like how deconstructed it feels like it doesn't feel like big bands like yeah. the other one did or like, I mean, part of the problem is the technology that he was using. Yeah. Um, but everything is very dense with that early electronic stuff. There's not a lot of like space in the mix, mm-hmm. especially because he may have been recording mono. I'm trying to remember if they mentioned that in the documentary. Either way, it's very dense and electronic, whereas this has more of a live and acoustic yeah, instrument. It's, feel. it's real bassy. Yeah. It's got um a sort of a reggaeton vibe yep like where they sit into the groove a little bit more and it's not I see the problem the problem with electronic music is it's perfect which is good in a lot of ways mm. but if you're talking about like groove music like not to get too nerdy but you get want, nerdy baby. you want the rhythm section to be like a little bit more in the pocket which is like yeah. slightly like fine note 
finitely behind the beat. We talked about this in the Gang of Four episode when yeah. I put newer recordings with uh, newer band members and right. said the same thing. Like yeah. it does, it loses a little bit of soul. Where so this remix cover, whatever you want to call it, I feel like expands upon the yeah. song and pushes it to an area that he was not able to do with his. So another interesting thing, like this song, Atomic Bomb in general is just a chill song, but this one, this version's even chiller. And in the beginning, it start before it gets into the do 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 do. There's that explosion sound. Mm-hmm. And in the original one, I read somebody commented that um, the song fades out on a repetitive chanting of atomic bomb rather than giving into the explosive climax of an atomic bomb so they kind of mm. flipped that so mm. like the song called atomic bomb you'd expect it to build build maybe explode but instead the original song fades really chill and mm. you don't get that climax in this one they put it in there I, intentionally or not i thought it was cool right. to compare the two that's a good thing to uh bring up i didn't really think about that's that. why i did jim yeah get on you <laughs> uh body and soul whatever wherever remix um the only note i wrote on this in all caps is i will dance to this for hours without a break (laughs) yeah i think honestly like something that i talked about with the last track is is even like more apparent in this one which like you said this is clearly a remix yeah and uh it accomplishes something that i don't think a lot of remixes do which is to allow the original to shine bright like a diamond well and to be like recon recontextualize so like to listen to the same tracks but in a new um new manner so like just literally being able to separate the stems which is what i imagine they did which is like the original yeah. tracks mm-hmm. and remix and remaster them and and pan them and things like that allows um everything to be more defined so like the bass sits in the drum track it feels way groovy because they're like right they're like together. That feels like a real rhythm section. The quote unquote guitar becomes this sort of like forward moving chant in the middle of the register. Mm. And then you get the synths in the vocals, which are sort of just like floating on top. So this mix was able to give the song space, which just makes it feel so much like groovier and funkier. Yeah, I could definitely hear that. I I, I remember writing down about um just the bass feels a little bit more prominent. Yeah. And like with that kind of music, like you you really need some bass to it. So yeah. And I think the addition of extra uh rhythm instruments is like very satisfying. Yeah, there, there's live instruments and it sounds And it's also like harkens back to some of the like touchstones of Afropop of like these um acoustic drum rhythm instruments like congas, djembes, mm-hmm. things like that. So to add those into there just brings more of the fusion between traditional african sounds and funk and soul and disco and stuff. Yeah. Which I think is like very welcome in this. Yeah. Well, boys, we started out 2 weeks ago and you had no idea who William Onyebar was. Mm. Never heard a song. Mm. And here we are now. Any final thoughts before I ask you the question? I don't think so. I have a few overall thoughts. Um, Oh, you know what? I'm going to say these after the question. Okay. (laughs) I'll ask it. Was I able to talk you into William Onyabar? No. Yes. Really? I knew when there was one song that he talked about, even though everything else is like pretty good. The one song he mentioned, I was like, he's going to hate it. He's going to say no. Like, I I figured Jimmy would. I thought Dan would be a yes. I did think there was going to be a double yes. 
Jim, you talk first. Why are you a yes? <laughs> um, I think it's good just background music. Like it's nothing that I'm going to be sitting and like analyzing like Dan yeah, yeah. definitely just did. Um, but no, I thought it was good. Like every time I put it on in the car, I could just like space out like more than I've ever space out in the car, dude. That's yeah. the best place to do it. <laughs> yeah. You're like one of those situations like, oh, I'm home. How did I even get yeah, home? Exactly. Um, that's what I like about some some sort of music like that where I don't like necessarily like sing along to it yeah, or, whatever, or when but... I'm at work sometimes and I'm like, OK, people are talking. I don't want to hear right. it. I don't want to listen to a podcast. I don't want to sing along to touche right. more. Um, I'm going to put this on and you yeah, just exactly. put it on and it like it helps you focus. And it's just, it, I, I love it. Yeah, I'm definitely going to uh, go through some more of his uh, tracks and make a playlist. Now, I'm not going to say this is like my favorite music ever because I did yeah. give you what I think are the best songs of his, mm-hmm. but it's definitely worth exploring. And there's yeah. a ton more remixes and more remixes keep That's coming out. That's what I'm actually most interested yeah. in because what I liked about him the most is that he has the foundation of some really good stuff there. And I think a lot of people can work with it right, right. and make it even better. So uh, because I like the remixes a little bit better. So and Dan, why is your answer wrong? <laughs> so I don't usually do this thing that you and Jimmy do, which is to contextualize my yes and no. But I will say this is a, a super soft no for me. Um, I was really conflicted because there are elements of this that I like a lot. Um, overall, I sort of I missed the dense and layered rhythms that I associate with like Afro pop mm-hmm. that I talked about with the last remix. A lot of this is too digital for me. Too, OK, well, that's good because next week I'm going to talk you into fella cootie. OK, <laughs> well, here's an interesting thing that happened. Um, I sort of like after watching the documentary and how they contextualize William Onyebar, I was like, I think I just want to listen to more what they call traditional Afro pop. Yeah. Mm. Because like the whole point of the documentary is how his music is such a departure and how he did it all himself and everything like that. And I was like, I respect that and that's cool, but I don't want to listen to it. Okay. So here's, (laughs) here's why I'm not upset that it's no, because even though I got a no for William Onyebar, if you listen to more Afro pop, that's a win to me, baby. That's yeah. what this podcast is mm. for. Yeah, and I think um I think I need to because the aspects that I know about Afro pop are mostly from white bands that yeah. culturally appropriated that sound. <laughs> yeah. And I like it. So I'm like, mm, I mean, I that's kind of how I got guys. That's kind of how I got into this kind of stuff mm. through ska then trace it back to reggae or dub right. and all of that. So I mean, cuz I like long groovy songs i just think that he was limited and hindered by the electronic nature of the songs because Mm. they don't feel um transformative or transient enough like they don't go places it's just repetition would you listen to more of the remixes on like playlists yeah because i think those last two songs like i would listen to that what album those were my favorite two songs it's it's the only one i physically own so part of Mm. the problem with me is that i'm a sucker for good production so just the fact that those two songs sound a lot better is is makes them easier to listen to i I mean me too like one of our favorite bands judge a new york hardcore band like they famously have terrible recordings yeah like they're some of my favorite hardcore song but imagine if they came out with like one album that sounded awesome i'd shit i'd yeah. shit and <laughs> at the same time sorry jim sorry, we might jim. have to edit both of those i don't know uh okay well yeah that was, was still a good chat we had um, jimmy i'm glad yeah. you talked into him Super dan i'm excited. glad that you were open to him yeah and next week dan is inviting a guest to the show i am wow another guest yes next week we are having a very acclaimed award-winning renowned uh artist graphic designer creature designer 
uh, named Bobby Rebholtz. He has worked in film, television, video game design. He has a pretty big presence on social media. Uh, and he is going to be on to talk us into one of his recent favorite properties, especially when it comes to creature design. He's going to talk us into a Netflix film called The Ritual. Ooh, so I think that spooky. should be a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, I'm excited. This is going to be fun. Not just to talk about the movie, but also to delve into the design and, you know, the, the creature side of it. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. We don't really get into that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so I thought it would give us a new, interesting perspective. Yeah, because we're all limited. We're all friends and we like the same stuff. I don't <laughs> I don't draw things. <laughs> I, I, Jeff tries to draw things. They're really bad. Yeah, like it's what, mostly Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yes. one of my last jobs, I, I was always bored. So I would take like pieces of cardboard <laughs> and draw Ninja Turtles on. I do that with Sonic. Yeah, I was going to say, I wish I had a character <laughs> that I just drew over and over again so I could feel part of the team. Yeah. <laughs> In the meantime, Jimmy. Yeah. Where can people find the pod? They can find the podcast at Talk Me Into on Twitter, Talk Me Into Pod on Instagram. Yeah. And if you feel so inclined, you can send us an email, talkmeinto at gmail.com. We're just getting Facebook uh, gone, right? We're not even going to bring that up. Anymore. I don't have it anymore, so I don't know. I post an update like once every six months. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, we're still a podcast. Don't bother with Facebook. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, you can also subscribe to us on Patreon, patreon.com slash talkmeinto. We're going to be doing a big overhaul of it soon. Um, so uh, keep it locked. Keep it locked. <laughs> yeah. I love whatever that comes up. Yeah, I love it. It goes yeah. back. That's circa 2008. Right yeah. There. Yep. You're welcome. It's from our old radio show. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, where can people find you online? People could find me on Instagram at large hard on collider. I also have an alternate account. I use sometimes called magic. The clipping. If you like magic cards and hate gross fingernails, you will loathe this page. So <laughs> go and follow me. And if you play magic and have gross fingernails, you might see yourself on there. <laughs> yeah. That's that happened. finally <laughs> happened after several months. Somebody's like, "Hey, this is my picture," and I was like, "You got some, you got some smeg under your nail, bro. <laughs> Get that out." Uh, you can find me on Twitter, J E F F F F F two seven. That's Jeff, Jeff with, with five F's, F's the number, number twenty seven. Dan, where can people find you online? I'm on the Twits, uh, Danny underscore Breakdown. Uh, you can check out my band at OldDogsMusic.com. That's O L D E E because we're English. Oh, Not really? You speak English? Yes. Jimmy, how about you? You can find me at Son of a Fitch on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. S O N N E V A F I T C H. Branding on point. Oh yeah, you gotta you gotta do it, man. I'm gonna be the next content creator of the year. <laughs> No, I'm not. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? I'm gonna explode. Atomic bomb. (laughs) That was pretty good that I came up with that alternate theme song. It was good. Jimmy. What? You just moved the table. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> Move it back. <laughs> all right. Oh, boy. <laughs> COVID all over the place. Bless you. Thanks, but my mustache is out of the way, boys. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that hurt my entire body. Here it is. Oh, yeah. I found it, too. Feels a bub. <laughs> yeah. Dan, do we have any ratings, reviews, emails, tweets, etc.? 
Okay, or don't. He did more than one, so I'm trying to find the right one. Oh. Ask me again. Yeah, ask him again, Jim. <laughs> to that was like an, all right, Chewbacca. God damn it, Chewbacca. I'm going over here and hyperdrive. Should I do it because it's always a blast? Do it. Blast away, baby boy. <laughs> You're a blast, baby. It's not. So what is he talking himself into? <laughs> I'm talking myself into using an electric stove, even oh, though I don't want to. It's bad. And I hate it. I was made to. Where I talked about it. I, just I was made for loving it. you, baby. You were, you made, were made for, for loving, loving me. me too. Not baby. Too. Also, love me, Dan. Jim, what do we got? <coughs> Hibiscus. Ooh, it's Is that one good? <laughs> Deliscus. Nice. <laughs> I haven't had that one yet because I'm too scared. Oh Honestly, my god, you get it. I really? had to so quit good. carbonated beverages when I had the surgery. And I've like been able to dabble a little bit here and there, and I just don't really have a taste for it anymore. I have the mm. same like eight pack of of a uh, whoa seltzer. <laughs> what are you doing? I thought this was a side pillow, but no. It's if you remove that, you're just sitting on wood. <laughs> That's. Do you hot. want an additional pillow, Jimmy's? No, I just thought it was in the wrong. I'm good now. I'm good. This is good. This is good. Everybody. Now that the video's off, can we please turn the light on? <laughs> I just got situated. Yeah. Well. Unsituate. Oh my god! Because I can barely read my notes. Can you reach it? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Ingenuity. <laughs> Talk me in a. Wait, hold on. I just had to do the fucking most horrible project, and it. This room gets so dark at I'm night. Switching a couple of these. One second. That's fine. I had to do for my accounting class. I had to prepare a business model presentation to investors that don't exist for a company that doesn't exist. So I had to do a PowerPoint Hot. that's like 20 slides long Nice of like accounting data. That sounds awful. And I was like up to 1130 finishing it. And I was like, uh, and I had this light on and that lamp on full blast. It was just like sitting in the noonday sun doing accounting. Very cool. 